0: time y'all went to a wedding how long has it been we had some folks went last night uh we had some in december when when did y'all when's the last wedding you went to September. We married so, my daughter. last mar- year, last year? Yeah. was that the last wedding you went to yeah. you get invited to a lot of weddings nah. i can see that uh <laughs> the wedding event is really not the marriage the marriage is the covenant the marriage is two people becoming legally related miss pam is my next of kin Uh, although we we don't have any blood by by that marriage we we were legally married uh we had to go to the courthouse get get the paperwork and things like that and uh, you know if if we busted up there's a whole lot of legal ramifications that go along with it and it's intended to be difficult to get out of uh, because you're supposed to stay in that thing for the rest of your life can you imagine what marriage would be bryce if you know you got ticked off then you said you know what i'm going to leave you forget you or you know you got your feelings hurt, or you hit a rough patch, and said, "Well, just forget it. I'm done." Can you imagine what that would do for the other person? That person who left—they leave you with the mortgage and the debt, the kids. Uh, it's tough. Uh, but but thankfully, there's there's some legal things in play. You know, they just can't do that. They just can't walk out and say. So, by the way, I know that some of you had spouses that walked out, and I'm sorry. That was not supposed to be that way. Um, the marriage part is this, it's a relational covenant where these two people come together and they're joined. Uh, scripture often uses uh, marriage as an analogy between God's relationship and his people because in marriage, two become one. When you enter into a covenant with God, you two are in that agreement or you guys are in that uh, relationship together. It's a relational bond to really put that into black and white God is speaking to the nation of Israel, and he's saying, I am God, I am the God of Israel, and you are Israel, you are my people, you're my chosen people, and God says, we are coming into an agreement, we're coming into a covenant, a relational covenant, a a relational covenant where we're together. Uh, I want you to listen, in fact, it's a legal thing, It's, it's, it's it's a legal binding contract, in fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, today... I have given you the choice between life and death. And God's setting up this covenant. Uh, you, have a, you have the ability to choose between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to do what? When Pam and I got married, I had a best man, which was my dad. And uh, Miss Pam, you had a maid of honor, which was your sister. All right. Very good. That's sweet. Um, but those were the folks who witnessed that joining together. Uh, and what God is doing, who's God call as a witness? Heaven and earth. They're going to see us going into this covenant together. They are my witnesses. They will they will attest to the fact that you and I are joined together. Uh, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might... Deuteronomy 29 really describes in, in greater detail what that covenant looks like, uh, what, that go, what that covenant feels like. Uh, the covenant, number one, I want you to, number one, the covenant was always God's idea. It wasn't our idea. It was always God's idea. Deuteronomy 29.1. These are the terms of the covenant. The Lord commanded Moses to, me, uh, to make with the Israelites while they were in the land of Moab. In addition to the covenant he had made with them at Mount Sinai. God initiates the covenant. It's His idea. It reminds me of another passage in the New Testament. He says, remember, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. God wants to be in this covenant with not only Israel, He wants to be in a covenant with you personally, as your friend, in a relationship. Number two, there is a blessing that's found when we keep the covenant, when we do what we're supposed to do inside that relational covenant. Uh, inside that relational agreement, i found out that marriage works a lot better if i do what i'm supposed to do and she does what she's supposed to do uh, that shared do du- uh, that shared duty that shared responsibility now when you get married people say well you know it's 50-50 bull it ain't 50-50 it's 100% 100% uh, in fact sometimes you might give 100% and your spouse might be giving 30 but guess what it's going to flip here in a day or two you'll be the one giving 30 and they'll be the one giving 100% but you got to stick together to find that out there is a blessing found when we Keep covenant. There is a personal choice. Uh, We get to choose whether we obey God or disobey God. We get to choose life or death. We get to choose favor or not favor. We get to choose blessing or curses. It was all God's idea, but you and I have a role to play inside the covenant. Number three, God is going to keep his part of the covenant. Don't you worry about God. If he says that a a hen dip snuff, check your lip, okay? If God says something is true, it's true. And God is saying, I'm going to make sure that I keep up my part of the bargain. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 12, "You are standing here today to enter into the covenant of the Lord, your God." The Lord is making this covenant including the curses. God's got this covered. He's going to do what he says he was going to do. And what God says he'll do, he always has done it. Number 4. God's covenant is open enrollment. Uh, near the end of the year, typically, they'll send out older folks uh, a reminder saying you gotta re-register, uh, you got to re-enroll for what part of Medicare you want and things like that. Or if you're still under the insurance of, of your job, uh, you have an opportunity to change near the end of the year. Uh, you can't do it the rest of the year. It's an open period. God's covenant has an open enrollment. You can get in on the covenant today. You can come into the relationship right now. Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29, 14 through 15. But you are not the only ones with who I'm making this covenant. You're not the only ones, he's telling Israel. Well, who else is he talking about? Uh, I am making this covenant both with you who stand here today but not just you, uh, but also for the future generations who are not standing here today. Thank God when he established his covenant way in the way on back, he was still looking ahead to 2023 for you and I in this room today. He's saying there's an open enrollment. I still want you to come on board. God's faithfulness to keeping his covenant with the jews thank god is important but he's also said gentile you and me randolph county i want a relationship with you i want a covenantal relationship a relational uh a relationship with you god's faithfulness to keeping his covenant was to the jews but it didn't stop with him you and me we're a part of a covenant through jesus You and I are in that relationship through Christ. And God was faithful to the Jews. And here's the thing. Man, if he wasn't faithful to the Jews, I don't know if you and I can trust him. But I am going to tell you what, God has been faithful to the Jews. They're still around. When's the last time you met a Hittite or a Jebusite or an Ammonite? When's the last time you you met any of them ites in the Old Testament? But how many times have you met a Jew? I've been to Israel. I've met Jewish doctors, lawyers, gilster workers, uh, things like that. The the Jewish people have been in a covenant and they've been around for thousands of years. I don't know if there's another group that's been beat up like them, but God's hand is on them. And what that tells me is this: because because God has kept His covenant with the Jews, which is proof putting I can trust He's going to keep the covenant with you and me. That's right. I can keep. I, I can know that the land and the people are are proof that God says what he'll do. I want you to listen to Deuteronomy 29, verse 25 through 26. And the answer will be, basically, uh, the, there were some people who did the covenant, some people who didn't. The people who didn't, the ones who choose, uh, chose death and the one who chose curses, well, they, they made a choice, but they also had a consequence with the choice. This is what the Bible says. And the answer will be, well, this happened to this group of people because the people of the land abandoned the what? Because they didn't stay with God. They got out from underneath the covenantal relationship with the Lord. They they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, made with them when He brought them out of the land of Egypt. Instead, they turned away by choice. They turned away to serve And worship gods they had not known before. Gods that were not from the Lord. Church, God has given us an opportunity to follow Him. To be in love with Him. To be in a relationship with Him. He doesn't make us. He doesn't force us. He didn't put us into a corner to go into the covenant. He said, here's a covenant. I've got something beautiful for you. But I'm not going to make you be a part of it. In fact, you have a choice whether you stay or whether you leave. God has given us the ability to choose whether we follow Him. God's given us the ability to choose whether we follow His Word and His way in our life. And church, we've not been forced to do that. We've not been uh, browbeaten to do that. I want you to think of the covenant a little bit like an umbrella. God has told us, I have a covenant for you. I have a covering for you. I have a, a way for you to be close with me. I'm pretty sure this is one of the Mathis boys who jacked with this. All right. I can't prove it, but we've got video. Okay. Let's say this umbrella is the covenant of God. He's asked us and he's, he's, uh, he's invited us into that covering. Now, the umbrella, it doesn't stop the rain. It doesn't stop the sun from beating down on you. It doesn't stop the wind from hitting you. It doesn't stop inclement weather from from happening. It just doesn't. But the covenant is God's divine covering over your life, over your family, over your career, over your finances. And under his covenant, underneath his covering, we get to experience the peace of God, the power of God, the peace that comes with the presence of God. We did all that under the invitation of God to come to Him. And underneath His covering doesn't mean everything else is good. It just means that we can have the peace and joy that God gives. You've, 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 you'd never keep an umbrella closed in a rainstorm. Man, if it's coming down in buckets, you, you wouldn't ever think, well, I've got this umbrella here, but I'm not going to use it. What the world makes us, and by the way, if you're born again Christian, you know exactly what the peace of God is. Yeah, Preaching. You, you know what the joy of God is. You know what the joy of your salvation is. But yet, we will intentionally choose to get out from underneath this covering. Although that's where the peace and the joy is at. And we, we, we make that decision on our own to whether to do what's right or to do what's wrong. To do the will of God or to do the will of, you know, Cooner or Jane or Don or Pam or Mike. We stay under the covering. We stay under His covering by keeping our end of the covenant. Our end of faithfulness. Our end of obedience. Our end of doing the will of God. Our end of staying close to Him. Now, why in the world would we ever leave His covering? Well, it's sin. That's the root cause. It might be somebody else's sin. It might be your sin. The important thing is, is not assigning blame. I just want to I want to get down to what's wrong. It's sin. That's what will take us out of that covering, the root cause of sin. And here's the thing, man. Obedience isn't a chore. It's a choice. Obedience is a choice to stay underneath a covering that can give you peace, power, and presence of God in your life. Let me read something to you. Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. Preached this passage just a few weeks ago. Jesus is talking to a group of of Pharisees and folks like that. One of the guys who's there is a lawyer, knows the law backward and forward. He asked Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? What do I have to... I'm sorry, wrong story. Uh, He says, teacher, this is in verse 35 of Matthew 22... Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? By the way, there's 613 laws in the Old Testament. And this guy says, which one's the most important? Great question. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest of all commandments. And the second is very similar to it. Love your neighbor as your... All the laws of the prophets, all the law of Moses can be hung up on those two laws... Love God and love people. Church, Jesus is offering a way for you and I to come into a covenant with God. You might be saying, well, Brother Mike, I thought covenant was an Old Testament thing. I thought covenant was something that I'm not, I don't have to worry about uh, because I'm saved by grace. Uh, Jesus is offering us a way into a new and better covenant with God, not based on the law not based on us doing 613 laws he gives us a passageway into a covenant with god not based on our obedience but based on god's grace and the law of love it's much different than the old testament much different than the old covenant it was so much based upon your works and church If you've ever been down and out at the end of your rope and the only person you had was covering God, you know the blessing that comes from it. Now what? We've got the blessing. We've admitted that we're sinners. We've admitted that we're jacked up, that we're broken. There's nothing we can do to fix it. We realize that sin's our root problem and we realize that God's already sent an answer to our root problem. His name is Jesus. God in the flesh, God dipped in DNA, lived a perfect life lived all 613 laws. He died on a cross in my place, in Kevin's place, in Jay's place, in Daryl's place. Because you see, our sin wasn't wiped off the books. It just wasn't, it wasn't plea bargained down to a misdemeanor. Our sin carries with it a death penalty. It's a capital crime. Jesus did your time. Jesus took care of the punishment, your punishment for you. And because the punishment has already happened, we can now stand before God innocent, forgiven, in a relationship with Him. Sons and daughters. Not because of anything we did, but because of everything Jesus did on Calvary for us. So God is asking us, inviting us into a covenant that was provided for us through Jesus, listen to the Jesus. how Jesus explains what this looks like in John's gospel. John 15, verse 14 through 12. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. I want you to think about those terms of, of Jesus saying, okay, you got to stay underneath the umbrella. You have to stay underneath the covenant. You have to stay underneath the covering." Um... Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you get out from underneath the umbrella. What can you pull off? Nothing. Nothing. Sounds like Yukon Cornelius, doesn't it, Brother Bryce? Nothing. So now what? Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, you remain in my words... They remain in you. You may ask anything you want, and it will be what? Here's the amazing thing. I told you that the covenantal relationship is a legal binding agreement. Like Miss Pam and I, if we wanted to break up, it would take more than us saying, I break with thee, I break with thee, and then leave. There's a legal thing. We're going to have to see some lawyers. We're going to have to see a judge. We're going to have to go to court. Because it was meant to be something that was not easily dissolved. Jesus is saying, hey, I've got a relationship. I've got a covenant. I have an agreement with you. I want you to come into it. And I want you to stay around. And I want to bless you. And I don't want you to walk away. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away. You may ask anything you want and it will be granted. I like that last line. You mean anything I want? You mean if I ask him to get those money, those numbers for the big win, the big lotto, I'll do it? I don't know. If he does, good for you. But this is what I know. Miss Pam can ask me to do things around the house that I probably wouldn't do for anybody else in the world. And I can ask Miss Pam to do things for me that I wouldn't ask anybody else to do. Now, I can do that because she's my wife, and she can ask me to do that because I'm her husband. We're related. We're in a covenantal, we're in a covenantal relationship. I have a, this doesn't sound very romantic, but it is what it is. There is a legal obligation on her part, and there's a legal obligation on my part. There's a legal obligation on her part, and there's a legal obligation on my part. What Jesus is saying is this. If you're underneath the covering, if you're underneath the covenant, He said, You can ask anything in my name and it'll happen. Here's what happens, church. When you're underneath the covering of Jesus, you have a legal right. You have a legal responsibility. You have a legal benefit. God, it's me, your kid, your son, your daughter. I'm going to ask something. Now, here's the thing I'm asking this underneath the covering. You know, we we get outside and we want God to take care of everything we ask for. While we're outside the umbrella because of our sin and our choices, we've chosen our way over His, our will over His, our word over His. We're out here, you know, we might be dying on the vine. And we ask God, God, heal my marriage, heal my mind, heal my addiction, heal my kids, heal my finances. What in the world am I doing asking God for favors outside the umbrella? I'm not saying he doesn't or he can't. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. This is what happens to me. God, can you take care of this for me? And what he'll, t- t- what he'll typically tell me when I'm out of the umbrella is, yes, I will not take care of that for you, but, but I want to take care of some of that sin you got over here in your life too. And what I'll say is, God, I didn't ask for you to take care of my sin. I asked for you to take care of my problems. And then he typically says, Boy, don't you know they're related? Remain in me. And see, God doesn't kick us out from underneath the umbrella. We do that trash on our own. That's a choice. Remember how he gave Israel? Hey, you can choose life or death. It's up to you. You can choose favor or not favor. It's up to you. You can choose blessing or curses. It's up to you. Hey, man, that ain't changed. Anyone who does not uh, remain in me, verse 6. Anyone who doesn't remain in me is thrown out. Look at verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. That brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Remain, remain, remain. When you obey my commandments. Church, say commandments. Commandments. This is in the New Testament. And Jesus is throwing out words like commandment. Throwing out words like law. Well, what's the deal? Preach what gives. He says, if you remain in me by doing what I say, you remain in my love. Y'all, you may not have saw it. You may not have caught it. But Jesus is telling us exactly how to stay underneath the covering. Do my... Y'all got to stay with me. Thank you. He says, if you want to stay underneath the covering, then do my... Commandments. Do, what, do what I ask. Live, love God. Live like Jesus. Love people. You see, underneath the umbrella of Jesus, we had that legal claim to peace and power uh, in His presence. That means you identify as a a Christian. In fact, before anything else in our lives, church, we identify who we are in Christ. Everybody is invited to the table. But realize this, it's not about how you identify. It's about His identity. All right. All right. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy, a great glory to my Father. I've loved you, and the fathers love me. You remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in him. Y'all don't get hung up on the analogy. I want you to look for the truth in that. He's saying, Y'all, when you obey my commandments, when you're living like Jesus, you remain underneath my covering. In a nutshell, church, remaining in Christ's love means that we allow his will and his word to be done in our life. It replaces and change, it changes our affections and our desires and our lusts and the thing, our priorities. Now that we're remaining in Christ, you know, now we look differently on our finances or we look differently on our weekends. We look differently how we treat our kids or our wife or how we're doing on the job. It changes everything as long as we're remaining in Christ. Now the moment we step out of that you know, verse 11, I told you these things so that you will be filled with what? Joy. You'll be filled with joy. Man, I don't know about you. I, 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 I can I take some joy. You'll be filled with joy. This is my commandment. Pfft. Love each other the same way what? Hey, man, this isn't hard. Don't, overcom- don't overcomplicate this. I'm not saying it's hard to pull off. I'm just saying don't make it harder than what it is. Hey, you don't have to follow the 613 613 laws. I've got good news for you. Uh, uh, Jesus boiled it down to two. And they'll all fit within there. He says, love God, love people. I've told you these things so you'll have joy. This this verse actually reminds me a little bit of what happens in John 16 when, when Jesus says this. I have told you these things same thing he says these things I've told you so that in me you will have peace in this world you will have trouble but I've overcome that trouble that's what Jesus said so when Jesus tells me I can have these two things the doctor could have called and said hey you've got cancer or man you've got the early stages of Alzheimer's or you your, 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 your kids man they're they're still far away from you or, or all this junk we go through that's the rain. That's the wind. That's the storm. That's the the tempest. We're scared we're going to lose our jobs. Scared we're going to lose our house. Scared we're going to lose our mind. Scared we're going to lose our health. And then God doesn't take away the cancer. God doesn't improve your credit score. God doesn't make school any harder. God doesn't make that difficult person that's hard to get along with any easier. Jesus says. Tell so you what, Mike, I can give you two things. I may not stop that stuff going around there, but if you abide in me, I'll give you joy and I'll give you peace. Where's my peace? Where's my joy? And Jesus says, where are you at? I don't know about you, man. I, I spent a lot of time outside the umbrella. Life is hard, and I don't got to tell you that. You know what it's like to have a spouse leave here. You know what it's like to have a kid die. You know what it's like to have to bury your husband or your wife. You know what it's like to be fired. You know what it's like to be scared to death that you don't have enough money to pay for medicine and the electric bill. You know exactly what it's like to have a kid that you'd love so hard to to help, but you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help. I don't got to tell you how hard life is. But what I can tell you is that in the middle of it all, Jesus promises us peace when we remain in him. And the devil will do everything he can to convince you that this is a lie, this is fake, it's phony, God doesn't even exist. Can I tell you what? When I'm with him, he's realer to me than the air I breathe. He's a peace that I can't explain. In fact, it probably passes all understanding. There's a joy that comes. But I, brother, I can also tell you this. I know what it's like to stand over here. Church, our relationship with God is eternally secure in Jesus. When God looks at you and me, church, when He looks at you and me, He sees His Son. If you're a born-again Christian, He sees you no matter where you're at, here or there, He sees His Son's heart. Man, I read a story. I think it was in Lakato's book on grace. Miss Suzanne gave me the book. Beautiful book but in the story it talks about the seven year old girl who has a brain, uh, brain tumor. Hadn't went to her brain stem yet, uh, but it was eating everything up in her mind. And the little girl sadly passes away. The doctors come in and she's got all these organs that other people could use. She has all these, you know, all these things and people are on transplant list and they go to the mom and dad and say, hey, we know you miss Missy. And, but she can, do some, she, she can do a lot of good for a lot of people. Mom and dad kind of talked about that, and they finally came up to the point where they realized, you know what, Missy could help out a lot of people. So she, okay for the eyes, okay for the uh, kidneys, okay for the lungs, and they got down to the heart. And when you think about the heart, man, you think about the essence of somebody. You know, you don't say, I love, somebody, I love you with all my kidneys. You're not gonna get no play with that line, okay? That's not a strong line. But I love you with all my heart. And you know, mama bears are funny in a good way. She said, Yeah, I'll give I'll give somebody my daughter's heart, but I've got one request. I wanna meet the woman or I wanna meet the man who gets it. Well man, we don't do that. That's the deal. So the folks who are on that transplant team, they make some calls and drop texts and emails. Gets to the point where there's this 37-year-old woman, single mom, she needs a heart. They go to her and say, we got a heart for you, but here's the deal, you gotta meet the mom of the girl who died. You know, let's go do this thing, let's get it on. She's gonna die if she don't get a new heart. She goes through the surgery, gets the transplant. Her body accepts Uh, This 37-year-old mom, her body accepts the heart. It's all good. She does some rehab. She does some therapy. She gets strong. That meeting happens between the mom and the dad and the woman who got Missy's heart. Man, they come into the room. The doctor's there. And they just, initially, the first three seconds was awkward. And then it's like, oh, thank God. And they talk and have some coffee and things like that and talk. And uh, the recipient tells mom and dad how happy they are that how happy she is that they let her have Missy's heart. And it goes on like that. The woman gets up to leave and the mother says, ma'am, I've got one request, just one request. Would you care if I use Doc's stethoscope? The woman says, yeah, sure. So mama puts on the stethoscope and she puts the cup right over the woman's heart. just begins to weep and she says I hear my daughter's heart I hear my daughter's heart church I want you to understand something when you enter into a covenant relationship with Jesus it stopped being about you when the father now looks at you and me even outside the umbrella. He doesn't see your heart. He doesn't see my heart. He sees the heart of His Son in you. Preacher Bull. Ezekiel 36, 26. Not only that, baby, I'll give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh, give you a new one. Church, Jesus didn't re- he didn't repair your heart; he gave you a new one. Whose heart did he give me, preacher? He gave us his son's heart. Praise God! He didn't do that for them. He does that through the new covenant in Jesus. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any was in, if anyone is in Christ, praise God. If anyone's underneath the umbrella, if anybody's underneath the covering, if anybody's in that new covenant, he or she is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Remember what I told you about what God says. What God says He'll do, He does. Bible says He gave me a new heart. He gave me a new heart. He's going to give me joy, then I'm going to get joy. He says he's going to give me peace, then I'm going to get peace. That's our God. And don't let the devil tell you otherwise. I'm going to tell you what. There is a strong delusion the enemy has released on this country and this world right now. Christians who've been walking with God their whole life now doubting him. Yeah. Maybe you're in the room right now. But can I tell you what? We're in the ninth inning and the devil is releasing hell. Preach. Y'all, God loving us and the security of our relationship with God, it has nothing to do with our obedience, but it has everything to do with trusting in the ability of God to keep us. I will tell you this, being obedient to God keeps us close to him and remain in him, and here's the thing, you want power, you want peace, you want joy, come in out of the rain man come on in let him deal with that sin because he wants to give you joy he wants to give you beauty for ashes he wants to give you hope for fear brother Mike can you prove that to me I can't let you have my experiences but I can tell you this I believe it he's shown himself to be faithful and true If you ever get to a point in your life where everybody else walked away but him, (laughs) baby, you ain't going to leave that umbrella. So let me ask you a question today. Whose umbrella are you standing under? Is it an umbrella of career? Umbrella of education? Umbrella of good works? Umbrella of intellect? I want to tell you what, man. The only umbrella you can stand under and keep all that crud away from you is Jesus. And he's invited you to stand next to him. Dad gum, I read you the exact words. Those who abide in me, those who remain. The original meaning of those words mean come and hang out, loiter. I'm about you. I'll be okay with just loitering, loitering underneath the covering of God. If I could ask every head to be bowed, every eye closed. Miss Pam, if you'd come up and start playing, I surrender all. Today, I don't know what umbrella you're under, but I can tell you this. If you're under any other umbrella other than Jesus, hoping that that umbrella will save you, make you have eternal life. Maybe your umbrella is... A baptism, or maybe your umbrella is a communion, maybe your umbrella is the umbrella that your grandma used to have. Hey. You've got to do your own believing just like you gotta do your own dying. Don't count on the faith of your mom or your dad or your grandma, your papa. This is something you gotta take care of between you and God yourself. There are no grandchildren in the kingdom of God. There's just sons and daughters. You know, today maybe maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the good news that God's got a plan. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. Today maybe you need to say, hey, I've sinned, I've messed up. Dude's right. Yeah. I've been trying to take care of it and erase it with my own good works and my own yada yada yada. And I realize today, man, I can't do that. It ain't even possible. Hey, come in out of the rain today. Come to Jesus. Maybe this is your essential come to Jesus moment. I'm going to pray with you. And let's just kind of put in the whole message in a little prayer. That Jesus is inviting you to come underneath the umbrella, to come underneath the covering, to come into a covenantal relationship with him. If that's you, I just want you to pray with me from your heart, not just your lips. Dear God, I am guilty. I'm guilty of sin. I'm guilty of disobedience. I'm guilty of putting other gods before you. I'm guilty. And God, today I know that you sent your son Jesus To remove my sin to remove the guilt and penalty and condemnation of sin in my life to reverse the consequences of the sin in my life so Lord today I ask you to forgive me of my sin I repent of my sin turn from it and I come underneath your covering Jesus not because of anything I have done, but because of what you've done for me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, and amen. Let me ask you another question as Pam continues to play. Give me your eyes, you're cool, we're cool. Ask yourself this question. What part of your life would you really like to have underneath the covering of God that right now just isn't? Maybe it's the way you talk. Maybe it's your your money. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your dadgum marriage. Maybe it's your web browser. What is it that you would love to have brought underneath the covering. Listen to me. Remember what I told you? We say, God, fix my problems, fix my problems, fix my problems. But we don't want him to touch our sin. That's bull. We get mad because God ain't acting the way we think he should. Can you imagine how God feels when we don't act the way we should? (laughs) And all the time he says... Son, the door's open. You know where it's at. You know what's got to stay out there. I won't, oh God, I won't let you come up in here with that trash. You leave it out. What's out there? Maybe today you need to bring some of that stuff into the covering of Jesus and say, okay God, forgive it. Deal with it. Because I want to be underneath your blessing and I know I'm not going to get the blessing out there. I've got to remain you. Hey, maybe it's somebody you don't, you just have a hard time loving like yourself. I'm going to do it again. This was the second part of my appeal. If you would, just simply bow your head and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray that in the name of Jesus, with my listeners today, live and online, what part of our life, Lord God, do we need to bring underneath the covering? What part do we need to bring underneath your control? Holy Spirit, move within the pews and the hearts of the folks that are listening. Move, Father, within the folks who are watching this Maybe in their pajamas. What do we need to bring to you that's in rebellion right now? So heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. the Holy Spirit just told you, hey, what the preacher just asked you about, this is the answer. This is what really needs to be brought underneath the covering. This is what needs to be dealt with today. The Holy Spirit spoke to you that very thing, told you what the issue or the item or the problem was that you need to bring to Jesus today because it's sin. It's sin that needs to be dealt with. It's sin that you're choosing. It's sin that you are you're picking that's blocking life and blessing and prosperity in your life. It's blocking health. You know that needs to be taken care of by Jesus. If you know what that is, nobody looking around. This just for you and God. Just lift up your hands. Say, "Yeah, preach, holy." Oh, wow, preachers are preach, Holy Spirit, you already told me. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Anybody else? Thank you, sister. Anyone else? Thank you, sis. Anyone else? Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Anyone else? Okay. Half the battle's fought. If I could, I'd like to ask everybody to stand, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I wanna open up this invitation Maybe you raised your hand today. Maybe you didn't. Maybe, maybe God, even right now, is convicting your heart, saying, dude, are you deaf? Did you not hear me? Maybe God's saying, which do you love more, me or, me or that thing that's under underneath your covering instead of mine? We want the joy of the Lord, but I'm not sure we, we want to leave the sin outside the umbrella so we can enjoy the joy. I'm opening up this invitation to you. And maybe it's just to shore up a commitment that you're making. Maybe it's to shore up a choice you made today. But the invitation will be open. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that at this very moment, you would do more for us. Set people free. Take off chains. Send joy and peace to those who are hungry and starving for both. But Lord God, today we have had had fresh revelation into how we can stay close to you and experience the joy and the peace that you have for us as compared to the death and theft and destruction that the enemy has for us. God, I pray for every footsteps in that aisle. And I join every prayer that's offered in faith today, Lord, for victory and freedom. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you come today? You don't have to sit in about thirty seconds up here. You just tell God, tell God back what you uh, tell God back what He told you. Maybe He said, "Hey, you need to give me your family." Just reflect it back to Him. Say, "Okay, God, I'm going to give you my family." Maybe He said, "Hey, let me take care of that web browser for you." Okay, God, here's that web browser for you. It won't take long. About five people here. Six people. Seven people. You're next. Eight people. They won't stick around long. How about you? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Don't worry about other people's business between them and God. You worry about what God's telling you. else. Somebody else. Anyone else. Hey, we're just making things right with God. We're aligning our life up with the will of God this morning. We're aligning. We're able to receive. We're able to hear. There's room for four more people over here to the right side of the stage on that pew. Would anybody else want to come? There's room for four more people right there. for this song Lift your hands and surrender to God. He signed up for Pray and Go. Ain't got nobody to go with it. dude's out there by himself. That's a big no no. I need a man who will step up and say, Yep, I'll do Pray and Go with. Uh, this isn't for somebody. I don't want anybody who's already involved with it. Nobody. You're not currently involved in Pray and Go, but you'll go out with that man. Here's the thing he's willing, Mark's willing to do it by himself. But there's a hundred people in this room this morning. A hundred people. I need one man who'll say, yeah, I can do that. I can walk and pray. Who would volunteer? Heath. i got two boys in the back. Heath, you're the man. You're not involved with praying, go? Right on. Thank God. That's Heath. Very good. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for coming underneath the umbrella. God is good. Church, I hope you take this message with you. And did you, did you get something out of the message? Absolutely. Come back Wednesday night. Because all of this material, most of it, comes from Tony Evans's book. Granted, it's been fogersonized, all right? It's been fogersonized. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, but you're going to hear similar teaching like this. I'm gonna, th- this teaching is revolutionary. It is incredible. It's, it's, it's not new. There's no new revelation, but there's fresh revelation. And what we're seeing from the Word of God right now is just fresh for me anyway. I'd encourage you to come Wednesday night. We're going to have chili dogs and hot dogs and potato salad. Bless God. Eh, yeah, all right, man. Come on out. Nothing fried, but I have talked to the kitchen workers. They were all on a diet. January. So I guess they assumed we had to be on a diet. But God got a hold of them. And they're going to crank up the friar, I think, on week three. So uh, praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to say a word of closing prayer. And I'm going to cut you all loose. Lord, I love these folks with all my heart. Man, I can't imagine, Lord, a better flock to pastor. Thank you for, uh, thank you, God. Thank you. Uh, thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. Uh, man, it ain't stale. What you're doing here is fresh. It's real. God, you're still changing minds. You're still changing hearts. You're still changing lives. You're still saving people. You're still setting people free up in here, Lord. And we give you the glory. Don't stop. In fact, if anything more, Lord, would you mind just opening that tap of heaven and letting more of your presence fill this place in our hearts? I love you, Lord, in a bad way. And I long for you in a bad way. Thank you for being more real to me than the air I breathe. Yes. And amen. God bless you guys. Hope to see you back Wednesday. Thank you, church.